Good morning. Man, peace. That was such good worship time. I'm reminded of Ephesians 4 that, uh, you know, it's the one, the one fruit of the Spirit that it talks about can rule our hearts is peace. You know, just having that peace, you know, in the context of Ephesians 4, talking about if you do everything, everything that you do, if you do it to please God, if you do it for Him, you know, so having that peace, just knowing that, hey, I'm doing everything for Him and not for anybody else, and I'm at peace with, with God. So whatever comes. So that's just good. Good worship. Thanks for singing with us. We have such a great team of servants here. My name is Ben. Glad that you guys are here today. If you guys are watching online, glad that you have chosen to, to join us. Um, we've been talking the past few weeks um, about what's good for you, right? Um, we're in this series, Good For You, and we're talking about practices, personal, individual practices that you can do that are good for you um, and good for um, spiritual disciplines, helping us uh, depend more on God, practicing contentment and generosity um, to break the materialistic grip on our hearts. And it's, it's really important to, um, to work on these practices, to apply them to your life every day, all these areas, and nobody else can, uh, nobody else can do it for you. You alone are responsible for your individual practices and habits. But, can I let you in on a little secret and encourage you? What most of us do is we think, I'm, I'm the only one responsible, so we make a mistake thinking that we have to do it on our own. And that's, that's the problem, right? Is because we're not meant to do it on our own. You're not alone. And so, even though you have your part to play and you are individually responsible, you are a part of this body, this, this body of Christ. And every single thing that you do, actually, even to improve yourself individually and do your, your responsibility, is actually part of a bigger picture. And so, really, instead of viewing it that we should do it on our own, you really need to view it as, hey, I, I, got, I got to practice this week, so I need to find my workout buddy, right? I'm part of this body, so I need help. And so when you practice with a workout buddy, you know, part of uh, other parts of the body of Christ, you actually will have a better chance of remembering your training, and it will help you in those moments where you actually do find yourself alone. You're going to actually stick to it. And at the very least, you have some form of accountability and fellowship. So what are we talking about today? Develop fellowship. When you think of this word or hear this word fellowship, what do you think of? I was talking to somebody uh, just a couple days ago, and I asked them this question. And you know what they said? The first thing that they said? Food. <laughs> How many of you guys think of food? Like, when you hear the word fellowship, you're like, oh, yeah, church potluck, baby, you know? Um, so maybe that's what you think of when you think of the word fellowship. Uh, maybe some of you guys think of um, something a little deeper. Maybe... Um, Maybe you think of a band of brothers, right? People who are willing to, they got your back, right? And, you know, maybe like a, a you know, a group, in, a team in the army, right? And they're, I will bleed for you. I'll do anything for you. Maybe you think something a little more like surface interactions where it's like, you know, no, we're just fellowship. We're just eating food and I'm a, a simple conversation, you know, like don't, don't go any deeper than, hey, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Right? Maybe some of you guys think of a sports team 
okay? Fellowship of a sports team, right? What happens in that locker room, man, stays in that locker room. I got your back, like on the field, off the field. I know your family. I know your, st- I know your stuff, all right? I know the worst about you. I know the best about you, and I've got you, right? So maybe a, maybe a team like that. Um, and the question is, is how close of a fellowship should we have? Did you guys even know that the Bible calls us to be in fellowship with one another? In fact, I would say most of the time you hear the word fellowship, it's in a context of some kind of religious group. I've never really heard the word fellowship outside of the church. You know, if you were to go ask kids, you know, like, hey, what do you think of fellowship? They're going to be like, fellow what? Like, they don't know that word. You know, the, 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 the common day language is hang out, you know, chill together like just be you know be with each other right and so they, they don't really use this word and I would say most people outside of any kind of religious context really didn't use the word fellowship it's kind of a, a, a churchy word but the Bible does talk about it so do you know what the Bible says what are we called to when it comes to fellowship because we are a, a, a team we're a body the Bible actually um, most of the analogies in the Bible that talks about the church is, you know, we're not, it's, the church is not the building. It's the people. Okay, surely we've all heard that before. It's the people. So we're a team. We're a, we're a body. The, the, the analogy is, is talking about Christ is the head and the church, we are the body of Christ. And so if we're a team and we're supposed to be working together, we got to understand that everything that we do, whatever you do, that's good for you is actually good for all of us because we are one we are one body so we're meant to fellowship together this is good for you you were created with this deep need for fellowship and guess what everyone else is too and so we're we're called to be a, a part of this body a part of this fellowship and we need each other and guess what if you win we all win if you have a, if something's good for you and it's causing you to grow closer to God and, and it's good for you, then it's good for all of us. And so that's what we're talking about today. The main point today is practice fellowship because what's good for you is good for us. And if that's true, could we all agree that that's true? Okay, when you're talking about a, if you're talking about a football team, you know, the Lions, then why'd you laugh? <laughs> They haven't lost yet. Come on, you don't have to laugh. Okay, sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, man. I'm going to be in trouble for that one. Okay, look. You, you talk about team, then, yeah, dude, I need you to do your part, and whatever's good for you, that's going to benefit all of us, right? So if that's true and we agree with that, then the opposite is true too. What is bad for you is bad for all of us. Would you guys agree with that? What's bad for you is bad for all of us because as a church— we're one. We're one body. We got to work together. So let's talk about that. Bad for you, bad for us. Isolation. Why is that bad for you? We're going to talk about that. Prideful mentality. This mentality, this attitude that says, I can do everything on my own. I don't need anybody. Okay, that's bad. Being judgmental of, um, of, of others' weaknesses. Forming cliques. Or, or even if you're not forming cliques, um, if you're just not really approachable, you kind of keep to yourself, you don't, you don't present yourself that people can, that you're accessible, 
right? That you're approachable. Not helping others see where they can grow and improve. We can't afford that. If you're not willing to point out for others in love and help them see where they can grow, we can't afford that because we're one body. So we have to be able to do that. Um, arguing and fighting over really anything. We, we can't allow that either because that's just not good for us. And if it's bad for us, then it's bad for all of us. Okay, so let's talk about this. Research shows, talking about isolation, um, loneliness is associated with an elevated risk um, for a wide range of physical and mental health conditions. Okay, so Brett was talking about this actually a few weeks ago. Um, he was talking about world, uh, a worldwide study, Gallup um, study, showed that one in four people are experiencing extreme loneliness. Okay, so it's a universal problem on some level because one in four people are experiencing this extreme loneliness. And if you think that it's, you know, they did a study um, and they were um, doing a poll and only 17% of, uh, of people who are alone, right, talking about older people who maybe they're, they've lost their spouse or something, you would think that they feel the most lonely, but the, only 17% of them feel that extreme loneliness. Conversely, uh, when, you, when they polled uh, young people, 19 to 29, 27% feel that way. So I, I believe, if, if, you know, the stats kind of show that this is kind of becoming more and more of a reality. So we're going we're gonna to dive into that, but just know isolation, that can't be good. can't be good for us. Okay, so God knows our capacity to feel alone. He created us, and he knew that there would be days where we feel loneliness. That's why he gives us the Holy Spirit. That's why he gives us the body. That's why he gives us um, the body to fellowship with. And he tells us, hey, don't forsake meeting together face-to-face, -face, right? Being part of the, uh, of the community, actually meeting together. Um, and so most of us, if we're honest, we have opportunities all the time. We have opportunities all the time for fellowship. And so we got to ask ourselves why we don't do that, okay? The truth is you're not going to be super close with everybody here. But you could probably be very close with one or two people. You can have fellowship with multiple people. And you can build relationship. You can build friendship. You can develop fellowship. And, and the truth is, you could be that person for somebody else. Maybe you, maybe you come from a family, a large family or something, where you're never really, you don't really ever feel alone. You don't really ever feel like you, you, you need that because you've got a brother or sister or whatever. Or maybe you just have a really tight family where you're like, hey, don't, don't really need to, to hang out with anybody else. I've got what I need here. But you could be that, you could be that for somebody else. Okay? So you could be that... For somebody else maybe though the truth the truth is that maybe you just don't like people <laughs> we have to be honest we have to be honest and recognize okay maybe some of us really just don't like to be around people we just don't like them we uh, you know and so so what does that mean for us what, is, what does fellowship mean for you if you're the kind of person that just doesn't really um, like to be around people Okay. So I come, from a, I come from a large family. I'm one of eight kids. So we, there was never a dull moment. You know, growing up, I always had somebody to hang out with. In fact, 
it wasn't until I was like probably 17 or 18 that was the first time I ever had my own room. I was always, you know, I always had to share a room with one of my brothers. And, you know, so I never really experienced that. And I, I think that's probably why today even I'm such a homebody. I don't like to go out and experience new things. My wife is always like, hey, let's take the kids and let's, let's go do something. Let's go. And I'm like, we have everything we need here. Like, let's just hang out and play a game here or do something. Like, I am such a homebody and I don't like to do new things. And the older I get, I think this is pretty common, um, but I think the older we get too, like our circle of friends and the things that we like and everything, it really starts to shrink and shrink and shrink and shrink to the point where it's like, I don't need any new friends. I don't, <laughs> and we sort of become a little closed off to new things and new people. And I, I think that's kind of common. So if you're the kind of person that doesn't really like to be seen or interact with people, maybe you're introverted you are still such an important part of this body such an important part of this body and somebody needs you and you need somebody okay so even if that's a small really small amount look think about this not every part of the body is seen you know like brett's super duper white legs nobody wants to see those okay you know, how many of you guys have a dad where you, you don't even let him wear shorts at the beach, right? <laughs> You're like, no, dad. <laughs> My dad is like that. His, white, his legs are so white. Like, I, everybody's afraid of going blind, right? So, so it's, you know, there's certain body parts, you know, that just aren't as seen. And look, you might be that body part. You might be somebody here in this church that, you know, you're a little more introverted. And that's okay, but you are such an important part of this body. It's kind of like if you were to go to the gym and, and look, I know this is an analogy, okay? I know Roy is somewhere in here going, Ben, I know you don't work out. I know you don't go to the gym. Don't even act like, okay, look, I don't. But this is an analogy. If you were to go to the gym every day and only do bicep curls or whatever they're called, right? And you only ever worked out your biceps and you always skip leg day, then you are, you are really hurting your entire body. Um, because you have to do a full body. You can't leave any part out or else the rest of your body is going to suffer at some point. So um, we, we, have to, we, have to, um, we have to be aware of that. We cannot become a, a hermit crab. We can't, we can't just always avoid people because we have a part to play. Every single person here has a part in this body. So we have to make an effort. We have to make an effort to come and be together in this community more than watching online, for instance, right? And, and hear me out. An online thing is great, especially if you don't have access to an in-person kind of community. It's a great thing to have, but it cannot be a substitute. It just can't. And so what, what's going to happen is if you constantly live on a screen, um, then you're, you're going to constantly get out of practice of being in community and face-to-face interactions. It, 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 that's going to be bad for you, and it's going to be bad for us. What's bad for you is bad for us, right? My, uh, my oldest daughter, she's 10 years old. The other day, you know, for Christmas, we got them iPads, and I was, you know, I was very reluctant because I'm like, oh, screens, I don't know, man, it's you know, so we, we ended up doing it, and we give them a certain amount of screen time a day, and already, 
she's 10 years old and already she's like man my neck and back hurt and I'm like it's because you're doing this you know you're and and you you guys know what I'm talking about because you all have phones <laughs> how many times have you sat there and thought I wonder if those braces that they keep putting on TV showing for for back posture I wonder if I should get one of those <laughs> uh, I don't know about you but I constantly I'm like man my back and neck hurt and I know what it's from it's from the darn phone so look we can't we, we got to make an effort we got to make a better effort, you know, for, for this community because it, we can't afford to. We can't afford to not. So one of the worst things that you can do that, that for you that is bad for all of us is pride. Let's talk about that it, because it is so deceptive. Pride is so deceptive. It will get you thinking that, um, that you can do everything on your own, right? It's kind of an accomplishing feeling to do something and you did it all by yourself. That's kind of like a man, hey, look at that, I did that, you know? And, but, but the reason, the thing is, is it's so deceptive because the truth is, is you can't do it all on your own. You cannot. And you can't have a community on your own. How, who else is part of the community? Nobody, right? So you can't. And, and the truth is, is that pride goes before the fall. So at one point you're gonna fall and if you're, you're in isolation because of your pride, who's gonna be there to pick you up? when you fall no one and you might be thinking to yourself that's okay I don't need anybody I'm gonna pick myself up by my own bootstraps that's a fairy tale that's no way to live that's you're cutting off the rest of your body you're, you're, you're trying to do it on your own and you're cutting off the rest of your body and you're not gonna be able to function the way that God has intended you to function so pride will make you ineffective it will eventually make you fail. It will make you fall. Proverbs 16, 18. Let's read that. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. See, it leads to all sorts of bad thinking too, right? Pride, if you think you can do everything on your own, guess what you're doing? You're judging everybody else. You're looking at everybody else and you're judging them for admitting their weaknesses and leaning on Christ and leaning on the church. So not only, you're, you're just getting yourself even into more isolation. Pride leads you to bad places we can't have that we can't afford that in this body let's talk about this maybe you're not so prideful maybe you're like hey Ben that's not me okay well maybe you're not so prideful but maybe you just don't think of others as much as you should and how do we get how do we get to that place I'm in fellowship I'm part of the body but I'm not thinking about anybody else I'll tell you what happens you got your small group you, got, you finally got your thing, your group of people, your tight little thing that you've got, and you're like, man, this is great. And you don't even think about other people. And, and I think even unintentionally sometimes we protect what we've got. We're like, man, I've got my little group. I don't really want any new people in that to mess up what I've got. And you're forgetting that you used to be that person. You used to be the person that felt lonely. You used to be the person that was disconnected. You used to be the person going, man, I wish I had somebody to hang out with. I wish I had somebody to be there when I was down. You forgot that you were once in that place too. So look, we can't, we can't isolate even our fellowship groups. We, we can't isolate. So here's a good self-test. If you're, if, you're thinking, if you're thinking I'm up here telling you because I've got it all figured out, I don't. Okay, so this is just as much for me as it is for you. But this is a good self-test. Ask yourself these questions. 
Do you talk to the same people every week? Do you sit by the same people every week? Do you have your favorite seat in this room that you always sit in? <laughs> have you ever shown up one week and somebody was sitting in that seat and you're like, okay, all right, I see how it is, you know, all right, maybe they just don't know, maybe I need to go fill them in, right? <laughs> okay. Do you make room for people in your circle or your, you know, if you're talking out in the hallway and you know, whatever, go to, go to a restaurant or something, do you, do you not let anybody into your circle? Do you have this attitude that that seat's taken? Remember uh, Forrest Gump, you know, walking on the bus and it's like, there's an open seat, but it's like, no, nope, seat's taken. This kind of attitude, I don't want you near me. I don't want you in my circle do you initiate conversation with people so these are all questions you can ask yourself a little self-test to see where you're at okay and um, see where you see if you're doing your part as to be a part of this body because look we're a team and guess what we grow this is what's so unique about uh, the body of Christ it grows every day we got babies coming right some of you guys are having babies uh, new people all the time are coming in and, and wanting to be a part of God's family. People are getting baptized all the time. Last year, I think we had like 70 or 80 baptisms. Look, so people, we're going to have new people all the time. We share a bond that is deeper than any country club or clique. We can't afford to, we cannot afford to give off a feeling to anybody that they are the outsider. We can't afford it because God's family and our bond is so much deeper and our fellowship is so much more important than anything else. We are, this is not a football team where, hey, the roster is full. That's not us. That's not the kind of fellowship that we have. We value authentic community, a healthy, caring church family where where we are looking out for each other, we're intentional, we're expressing humility and harmony and hospitality and, and help for those people who are broken. Romans 12 actually kind of puts us in our place. Let's read that, Romans 12, 3 through 5. It says, we, we shouldn't be thinking high, more highly of ourselves than we ought to. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. But to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. For as is in one body, we have, one, we have many members, and the members do not all have the same function. So we, though many, are one body in Christ, and individual, individually members one of another. So we can't think more, we should not think more highly of ourselves. We can't think to ourselves, hey... I'm the bicep, you know, in this body, I'm the bicep, you know, I, I get seen, I'm, you know, whoo, look at me, right, I'm more important than that toe, in fact, I could probably live without a couple toes, you know, who needs them, <laughs> we can't think that way, and, and uh, 1 Corinthians 12, 21 through 26 says it this way, the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And 
on those parts of the body we th- that we think less honorable, we bestow the greater honor. And our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, that, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. See, what's good for you is good for us. If you, and what's bad for you is bad for us. If you suffer, we all suffer. And look what it said. It said, this is the way that God has composed it. This, we have to be, we can't afford to not be a fully functioning, healthy body of Christ. We can't afford to not be. This is the way that God has composed composed it. This is what we're we're meant to act like as a body. So let's all say this main point together. I hope you remember it as you walk out. You might not remember anything else today, but hopefully this will help. Let's say this all together. Practice fellowship because what's good for you is good for us. One of the things that our creative arts team was focused on this whole past year, 2023, you may have seen some of our t-shirts that said, make every effort. And that was based on Ephesians 4, which ironically is actually talking about the body of Christ. Um, but it's this idea of unity, okay? It's this idea of unity that, hey, look, unity doesn't necessarily mean that I agree with everything, you know, that we agree with everything together. But unity does mean that I love you. Unity means that I make every effort, So Ephesians 4 says, make every effort to keep the unity and to keep the bond of peace. And look, we have a common purpose. We're on mission together. And if if the language is that I can make every effort, that makes me think there's a lot that I can do for that, to to be a part of this body. There's a lot that I can do. So I, I I I can't be worried about what somebody else did or didn't do or said or didn't, didn't say because that's not what it tells me to do. It says I need to make every effort. And and it's the same true for you, but my whole focus is what can I do? What's my part to play? What effort do I need to make? So the truth is unity starts with me. And you can say that too. Unity starts with me. (laughs) So we all say that to ourselves. Unity starts with, I'm not saying that I have the keys to unity. Everybody look at me. Okay, what I'm saying is we all say that together. Unity starts with me. So we got to make every effort. And our key passage uh, last year fits really well today. Ephesians 4, 2 through 6. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, and one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. So what's the point of all this effort? What's the point of even trying so hard to, for unity and to be, a, to be one body working together? Uh, you know, every team should have a goal, right? If the goal is not the Super Bowl, what are we even doing? Why form a team at all? right? So what is our goal? What's the payoff? What, what are we trying to accomplish to be one, to be this body of Christ? 
And if Christ is the head, where is he leading us? What, what is, what's the goal? What's the point? Well, it goes on to say, Ephesians 4, 12 through 16, to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of people and their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. So, look, we all have a part to play. And if you do your part and I do my part, and we recognize that we need each other and that we're all part of this one body, then we can function. We can try to function together and get this old body working the way that it should. Fellowship happens while we work, while we do ministry together. And when you do good things for you, it's good for all of us. So let's look at that. Unity, okay? On things that matter. We got to make effort. Accountability on things we value. Humility and character building. Sharing your weaknesses with others. Why would you do that? Because you, you don't want them to expect too much of you, right? You know, you, you want to be able to lean on them, right? And them to be able to lean on you. I definitely... I definitely tell myself my, the areas that, I, that my body is weak. Man, I really need to, I need to work out or, you know, I need maybe go for a run or something. So you, we got to communicate with each other. We got to tell each other where we're weak. We got to work on areas that we're immature. We have to be able to point out growth opportunities for others. We can't afford to not. If there's a part of our body, if there's a part of my body that's weak and I just avoid it, and I, and I skip leg day every day. Look, I tell you what, we can't afford to do that. We just can't. So if, they're, if you're not willing to tell somebody else in love where they can grow, opportunities for growth, that's going to be bad for all of us. We have to be willing to do that. Welcoming new people and always being accessible. Okay? So these are all, these are all good things for us. These are all things that are going to be good for all of us. God has given us people to live with. Fellowship helps us face life's problems. We need, we need other believers to be able to pray with, to talk things out, someone to, uh, to even confess, right, and to get that for forgiveness and release from guilt. We need accountability. People who are actually going to be able to stick with us and point, keep us on the, uh, point us on the, the straight and narrow, right, to keep to keep shining light and keep saying, hey, no, come, get away from that and come over here. All right? We need that. Someone to encourage us when we're feeling down or we feel like giving up. We all need that. You, and, and look, you can have fellowship outside the church um, in, in the most common sense of like maybe a, a, a work team or a, a sports team or something like that because because you have something that unifies you together. But there's nothing, there's nothing um, beyond that. There's, 
there's nothing beyond that, that surface level camaraderie that, that's going to last. There's nothing that's going to be eternal about that. So the church is the best place that you have, the best potential that you have because of our common commitment to Christ, our common goal to glorify God, our common lifestyle, values, and sacrifice. Okay, Christian, Christian fellowship meets our needs for accountability. We all need accountability, and that's what fellowship does. But why? Because the world is such a tempting place. Fellowship helps us, keeps us walking in the light. And look, we have, to be, we have to be mature enough to realize we're never going to get to that point where we don't need the caring, loving rebuke of a friend. All right, that's what Proverbs says, iron sharpens iron. And we need that. It's not just being together. You know, it's not like, hey, I, I showed up on Sunday, did my thing, and I was together with a bunch of people in a room. You know, it's not just being together. It's being united in purpose. It's, it's about serving alongside each other, that we're all working together for the mission. What is, what is the point of all this? Right, we, we have a whole world of people that, don't, that need Jesus, that don't know him, that don't have a community like this. We have to be working together. We share a common lifestyle. We've chosen to not love the things of this world, but to dedicate our lives to pleasing our Savior. We share a common goal to glorify Jesus in all that we do. So, fellowship. Greek word for church is actually two Greek words put together, which means called together. As we said, the church is not a building. It's the people, and we are on a mission, and we've been called out. That's what, that's what the, the two words put together mean. That's what church means in the Greek. It's the ones called out. God calls us out of the world to belong to his family, to belong to this community. He calls us to be separate, to separate us, to, to be different, to be called out, to, to show forth the praises of him who's called us out of darkness into his marvelous light and to experience koinonia, which is another very important Greek word, which means fellowship. And this is what the Bible calls us to. This is the, per the person to your left, the person to your right, the person behind you, the person in front of you. This is what we're all called to do for each other as a part of this body. Okay? And I'm going to run through these and give you the scripture references too, but it's going to be fast, so you're probably not going to remember them all. But you can find me afterwards if you want them. So we're, we're called to accept one another. Romans 15, 7, love one another. John 15, 12, pray for one another. James 5, 16, serve one another. Galatians 5, 13, have equal concern for each other. 1 Corinthians 12, 25, bear one another's burdens. Galatians 6, 2, teach and admonish one another. Colossians 3, 16, encourage and build each other up. 1 Thessalonians 5, 11, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself, Romans 12.10. Share with those in need and practice hospitality, Romans 12.13. Motivate one another to acts of love and good works, Hebrews 10.24. I actually want to read that whole verse, Hebrews 10.24 and 25. Let's, let's look at this. And let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching. So, 
tells us to, to consider how. So I sat down and I considered how. You can go home today and you can sit down. You can consider how. But for now, I'm going to give you a lot of things to consider. Okay? So first thing is shared experiences. How many of you guys have ever been watching a, a sports event? Maybe you were at a football game and you thought to yourself, oh, this game's over. It's like beginning of the fourth quarter or something. And you're like, this game is toast, right? Like, there's no way we can come back and win. We're down so far. I'm just going to go. Or maybe you're at home watching a game and you're like, thanks again, Lions. <laughs> and so you turn off the TV. And then you wake up the next day and you realize, oh my goodness, what happened? We won? What in the world happened? And your friends that stayed at the game, they're like, dude, you, ha you had to be there. Like, you they had a shared experience that you missed out on because you thought you got everything that you needed. You're like, well, I've seen enough. I've seen all that I need to see. I'm out. Don't, don't do that. Don't leave early. How many times are we sitting in church and you're like, man, Ben is really kind of dragging on and on and on. I feel like I've gotten the picture. Good deal, Ben. Like, fellowship, got it. I got what I need. I'm out. Don't even need to stay to the end. Maybe you're here for more than just getting what you need. Maybe you're here to be a part of the body. So don't leave early. Shared experiences. Don't miss out. Don't be the one that everyone said, dude, you had to be there. Something amazing happened. Get the season tickets, man. Go all in. Be a part of the community. Uh, don't, don't, don't just... Don't leave early, but also don't let it be over. When you leave this room, you can have a conversation with somebody. <laughs> what? Go figure. It's amazing. You can actually start a conversation with somebody, and who knows what will happen from that. Don't let it be over. Don't, uh, don't miss out on hanging out after service. Hey, grab a lunch. Invite somebody for lunch. Somebody that you don't normally invite in your little circle. How about take somebody out for coffee during the week? Do we remember what this is? Guys, do we remember what this is? We're post-pandemic here, man. Let's, let's do this thing, right? Invite somebody out for coffee, for goodness sake. Start or join in a small group. Uh, attend one of the classes that we have. Do something. Be a part. If you grow individually, that's good for all of us. That's growth for all of us. Join a team to serve on. We have tons of serving opportunities here. What is your part of this body? What is your part? Think about this. Who's your one? Well, we've been talking about this all last year, and we're talking about it all this year. Who is your one person that you are praying for that, you, that does not have a community like this that you can be reaching out to, you can be having multiple conversations with? It's not just sitting at home and praying for them. God, I really hope that they come to know you one day, I hope they, they come to church one day, blah, blah, blah. No, man, like, go initiate conversation. Go initiate it. You, you got to develop an elevator pitch. Have you ever heard, uh, heard of a, an elevator pitch? Why is it called an elevator pitch? Because, because when you're standing in an elevator, you have, what, like 30 seconds, maybe a minute tops, if you wanted to have a conversation with the person that you're riding in the elevator with, but nobody does that, right? <laughs> We're not called to be elevator Christians. 
And, you know, when you get on an elevator, you could be literally getting on an elevator with your friends, having a full-on conversation. As soon as you get on the elevator, if there's somebody else in there, what does everybody do? Yeah, I mean, you're not making eye contact. You're, you stop your conversation with your friend. You're like, start to whisper. You're like, <laughs> the, the psychology behind that, they've done tests. Why do we do that? Because, because you're only going to be in the elevator for a short amount of time. Like, you're never going to see that person ever again. Guess what? That happens to us all the time. You're standing in line at the grocery store, and what do we all do? We just stand there. Like, you're in line with people who potentially have never met Jesus, who don't have a community like this, who aren't a part of the body of Christ, who need Jesus' death. Guess what? Elevator pitch is for salesmen who are not just trying to pitch a product in less than a minute. They're trying to pitch themselves because they really feel like, hey, if you trust me, I've got what you need. You have a need. I can meet that need. Guess what? We have the best thing in the world to pitch. And every single person in the world needs Jesus. Everyone needs it. And we have the antidote. We have the solution. We have the thing. So look, we can't afford to not. You got to develop your elevator pitch. You got to, you, we're, we're called to reach the rest of the world needs to be a part of this body. Everybody does. So look, I don't want you to close your eyes, but I want you to imagine. Imagine if the body of Christ, not just this local body, but the body of Christ. Imagine if everybody had your perspective and your attitude. What would our church look like? And only you can answer that. Trust me, I'm not up here going, you know, I know people in here that need to hear this. Look, I don't know. This is more for me than it is for any of you. Look, imagine, would our church be more committed or less committed? If everybody had your perspective and your attitude and the way that you treat the rest of your body, the rest of the body of Christ, what would our church look like? Uh, I, hey, look, I think we're great, but I'm a little biased. I see all of us, all, a lot of us, many times we're out there and we're after church and we're, we're fellowship, we're, we're having a good time, we're, we're talking, we're getting to know each other. I have plenty of people in this room that they know my kids by name and they ask and they care, and, and we have that. But look, if you don't, if you're experiencing loneliness and you're thinking, man, w- you know, I wish, th- I wish I could be a part of that. Hey, maybe, maybe don't just cut out a church real quick when it's over. Maybe have a conversation with somebody. Put yourself out there. And maybe if you're the person that already has a group, you already have your thing and good for you, maybe, maybe look for those people who look like they're kind of on the outside. Look for them. Bring them in. We can't afford not to. So look, this is an invitation today um, in, in a lot of different ways. You know, we all have areas that we can grow. And so, honestly, this is an invitation for you, a challenge, you know, a commitment to, hey, what, what's your part? Finding out your part. Finding out if you're doing the best you can, if you're making every effort to be part of this body of Christ and to be unified with the body of Christ so where where do you need to make effort where do you need to grow do you need to find your part right so that's that's the invitation today but also an invitation if you've never accepted Christ before you've never you've never um, been a part of a fellowship like this never been a part of of a group of of people that are on mission like this before 
you've never experienced God's love before, look, this is your opportunity. I pray that you make the decision to follow him. If you've got questions, you've got concerns, you're, or, or you just already know, like, today's my day. Come and talk to one of my friends that's going to be up here or after the service. You know, maybe today's your day to get baptized. I know it sounds like a little bit of a weird thing, but look, this is what, this is what we're called to do. This is kind of our initiation into the body of Christ is that when you decide to follow him, you get baptized. And when you come up out of those waters, you, you get dunked into water and you come up out of those waters, a new creation in Christ. And we're ready for you. We're ready for that. If you want to join God's family today, We've got towels, we've got shorts and shirts, and I'm pretty sure the water is warmer than outside, so <laughs> we're ready for you, and I, I pray that you make that decision today. So let's, let's, all, let's all make some kind of commitment today um, to finding out where we can grow, what decisions we need to make, and to know our parts. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, um, you're the reason why we are here today, you're the, you're the greatest unifier um, because we're on mission to glorify you in everything that we do and to reach every man and woman and child on the face of this earth because that is your ultimate desire. That is your ultimate goal. And so God, we, we thank you that you've invited us to be a part of your family, that you've adopted us as sons and daughters, that we get to be a part of the greatest, the greatest family, the greatest community on earth. I thank you that we get to be, um, have, we, that we all have our parts to play on the team, that we get to work together and we get to be on this mission to reach people. Um, and God, in, in everything that we do, God, we glorify you, we worship you. And so um, God, help us to make that decision, help it to be more clear than ever before what our part is in your body. Help um, God, those who are feeling lonely, those who are feeling just depressed and just that they feel like they have to do everything on their own, even though they don't want to, and they're just praying, they're wishing, they're hoping for, um, for just a deeper friendship, a deeper fellowship, people that will walk with them and, uh, and even carry their burdens at times. God, I pray for that, uh, for that person. In Jesus' name, amen.